Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Issues 2017. I'm Steve McIntosh. Our guest this week, Terry Moses, Executive Director of Safety and Security, Wichita Public Schools. Welcome to Issues 2017. Nice to have you with us again. It's been a while. School year is off and running. Any big problems so far, Terry? No. Uh, we're, <laughs> well, this show's over then. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're done. Uh, the key there is you said big problems. Um, yeah. One thing I've learned, this is my uh, going on my fifth year, is that the start of school is an exciting, wonderful time. But it's also about change. And anytime you bring about change, you change people's schedules, kids' schedules, parents' schedules, getting new teachers, new principals, new everybody aligned. It takes a while. It takes a while for people to adjust, and so we're going through that first month adjustment period, uh, but I think we're doing it well. Security for more than 50,000 students plus faculty and staff, that's a big job. It's a big job, but it's one that's very, very rewarding. Um, I'm very, very, uh, I I can't say how uh, happy I am uh, that uh, I've chosen public safety as my career. I really enjoy working with people. And uh, what I found for the last four years in Wichita Public Schools is that our community is full of great, wonderful kids with a lot of promise and a lot of optimism, and the future looks good for Wichita. Well, and you, uh, of course, you spent so. How many years were you with the uh, Wichita Police Department? Thirty-three years. Thirty-three. Mm-hmm. I started when I was twelve, you so I'm not that younger. old. <laughs> <laughs> but and then you came actually. Uh, Came to town from, I'm, I'm not going to remember the name of the small city you're from, but you came here to play basketball, didn't you? That's correct. And it was Green, Kansas. Green, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Well, no wonder I forgot. Yes. Okay. <laughs> how many people in Green, Kansas? Uh, less than 100. Not counting you. Okay. Uh, how many people in your department? Uh, we have about 60 people total. We have officers that are assigned to certain schools, the high schools primarily. Uh, and then we have officers that respond to schools to assist with situations um, that happen throughout the school day. How many facilities? I'm talking buildings and the like. Are you monitoring? 96. 96. 96 buildings and facilities that you're keeping an eye on. Is that 24-7, somebody coming around all the time? Yes, then? it is. We have people that work 24-7. Are you having any problems finding security employees? Actually, uh, we are not. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, it's kind of the... The world and, stream here. <laughs> it, it's one of the world we live in. Uh, I still have contact with a lot of people in law enforcement. Of course, they're my good friends. And because of what's going on nationally, it is very, very difficult to hire law enforcement. Uh, we are fortunate in a lot of ways that um, there are a lot of good people that want to be involved in public safety. Uh, but because of what's going on in law enforcement, don't necessarily want to take um, on that current challenge. Uh, and maybe are looking for a way to get their foot in the door to see if this is what they really want to do. Um, so I have a lot of good applicants, and we're very fortunate. I think I have a very good staff. So uh, what, what you're saying, are, are you getting people who are currently in law enforcement professionally have, somewhere, or are these people from college want to try 
you, you're not going to take any greenies, are you? Or are you? Oh, uh, we take some greenies. Oh, do you? And we okay. take people who um, I really am looking for people with customer service skills. Uh, and even from my time in law enforcement, uh, we were looking for people in law enforcement with customer service skills. Public safety is very, very much a people job. Yeah. And, and you have to get along with people and work with people and problem solve. Right. And if you've got a short fuse and if you can't uh, come in in a situation and be pretty stoic about it, in other words, above the fray, yes. you're, you're going to have some problems, right? I, <laughs> absolutely. I told people, uh, again, you brought up that I have an athletic background. Right. And I think athletics and law enforcement really, really match because you are a team player. You've learned through those situations how to hold your temper and deal with the extreme high adrenaline to the all of a sudden I have to shut it off and handle people with respect. Uh, You know how to problem solve. Uh, A variety of the same skills that you use on the athletic fields are what you use in public safety. It's interesting because our basketball coach in high school would, would preach that. Yes. Don't lose your poise. Absolutely. And, and <laughs> that is why I think things like athletics um, sometimes take a hit when they talk about education. But athletics and all of those de- debate class, all of those things are such a big part of those social-emotional learning skills that we all need. And driver's ed. And driver's ed. <laughs> Same sorry. reason. Same reason. Yeah, I want to see driver's ed. Yes. Now, does the police department still provide school resource officers? Yes. Um, we are fortunate that we have um, seven Wichita police officers and one Bel Air, because Northeast Magnet is in Bel Air. And we have a great working relationships with the Wichita Police Department and the Bel Air Police Department and the providing of those officers. Gonna, how is that working? You get you, you get good cooperation, I know. Yes, uh, it, it is truly, again, an opportunity for officers to build relationships with kids, to talk to kids. Uh, we have, I know, several members of the Wichita Police Department that took on jobs in law enforcement because of those relationships that happened when they were in school. Just like when you go out to the schools and talk to people, you may not be able to track it, but I guarantee you 20 years from now there's going to be some kid somewhere that said, I met Steve and he was the coolest thing and this was my, he gave me that spark that I wanted to be in radio or I wanted to be in communications. Well, I seriously doubt that, but (laughs) a resource officer is obviously a security and public safety officer, but... What you're saying is uh, they take an, a little bit of an added burden because uh, they're trying to set an example. Absolutely. And uh, some more adults need to do that. Role model, role model, role model. <laughs> yeah. Occasionally we hear about a student violating the firearms and weapons policy. How are students and their parents educated about that policy? Is we try a, to send do you have a book, a policy book or anything like that? We have a policy book. Yeah. There are a handful of policies, and weapons violations is one of them that is required to be an annual sign-off as a part of the enrollment process. Mm-hmm. So we want people to make sure that they understand. We also know that that enrollment package can be very, very big. Um, and so we talk a lot about behaviors um, throughout the school year. Uh, that is one of our new uh, principals uh, primarily. She's got three um, goals and one of those is smo- social emotional development and that is good decision making mm-hmm. whether it's with weapons whether it's with bullying uh, but it's behavior throughout what weapons are we talking about here obviously handguns <laughs> no no we have um, a hand we've had unfortunately of course we have 50,000 students yeah, so yeah. we've had a handful of situations right. where we have handguns but occasionally we'll have a young person bring a knife to school uh, and uh, we, you know, 
sometimes they weren't thinking. Uh, sometimes they were and thought it was cool. Uh, but those are all opportunities we have to educate students about what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Pretty much a zero-tolerance policy on something like that. Zero-tolerance, but we know that education is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And so we are going to try to get to, uh, anybody who violates a policy into an educational opportunity that fits for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really want to educate our students. We really want to make them successful parts of our communities when they graduate. And that means they need to be in some school somewhere whether it's East School or an alternative school, but we need to make sure we get our children educated. Now, what about this? I know this won't pass TSA. It won't. I've already lost about three of them today. And it, and I'm looking at a little Swiss Army knife. What is it, four inches long, Terry, maybe? And it will not get you into a basketball <laughs> game either. So in other words, if I want to open a can of beer or something, I'm gonna, uh, no. no, thank I, you. not going to fly. Okay. And, and that is very generational. I will tell you that when we uh, set up our scans at uh, our basketball games, uh, it is very much people of our generation, yours and mine, yeah. that tend to carry those kind of things. Well, see, I hadn't even thought about that because if I'm thinking to go out and go on a game this fall. Leave it in your car. Better leave it in the car. Absolutely. All right. All right. Um, you know, we recently uh, remembered the events of uh, September 11, 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that event impact schools and public safety in general? It's a big general question. I, I, I think public safety in general is probably uh, a good um, way to, to focus on that. Um, everybody, I think, and including when I walked into your building this morning, you have to be buzzed in. Right. Uh, I guarantee you when I came to your office prior to September 11, 2001, I did not have to be buzzed into your office. And it's the same thing in our schools. It's the same thing in a lot of places. Of course, technology plays a big role. Uh, I tell people you can't walk down the streets of a city and you aren't on a camera somewhere. And it's the same thing in our schools. We use a lot of cameras. Uh, we use a lot of technology to try to keep people safe. Don't say so. How easy or how hard is it for me to enter a Wichita school? If I want to go over to my alum, my, my old school, Wichita West, uh, I can't just walk into the lobby, can I? Actually, you can walk into the office. But once you get into the office, you'll be asked the question of why you're there, who do you want to see. You aren't going to be able to just wander the halls without somebody saying hello and greeting you and maybe taking you to a, a, a place. Okay. And we have had instances where people who shouldn't be there have just showed up. Right? Absolutely. And again, when I went to school, we had no air conditioning. Every window was open. Every door was open. We had stray dogs come in the building. Uh, times have changed dramatically. Well, Dad, did you go to school before air conditioning was invented then? <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> no, the, I know the, it was the, invented, but we certainly didn't have it in our schools. Well, in Wichita Public Schools, we didn't have it until what, just a few just years a, ago? Just almost a dozen years yeah, ago. Was a, that's right. And, yes. All right. Well, you're listening to Issues 2017 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is Terry Moses, Executive Director of Safety and Security, Wichita Public Schools. Uh, Terry, is there... Uh, um, training or instruction in the schools, uh, what to do if there's an active shooter situation? We actually uh, used our resources um, uh, three years ago uh, nationwide. Again, after the events that happened nationwide, um, there was a move to run towards um, what is the word or how do you talk to people about active shooters? And we chose run, hide, fight. 
because the Division of Homeland Security recommends that kind of a program. Again, if you think back to the things you remember about safety, you remember stop, drop, and roll. Mm -hmm. And we know that in a crisis situation, the most important thing you can do is keep things easy for people to remember. And so we went with run, hide, fight. Three words, three single-syllable words. Um, those are the options that are presented to you if you're in that situation. Now, does that, how, lo- how young does that go for the school? I mean, does it start in kindergarten with that or first grade? Actually, or? we start with the teachers at the kindergarten level. The teachers? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, because it's important, just like stop, drop, and roll, uh, you, you couldn't necessarily train that to a kindergarten student, but you can t- certainly uh, deal with a teacher in that situation. We used our drama departments. We used our TV studio within USD 259. And we created about a six-minute video uh, that you can go to Wichita Public Schools, or the easier way is just go to YouTube, put in uh, Run, Hide, Fight, and schools, and our video will be one of them that pops up. Uh, For example, at the beginning of the school year, we were contacted by three different schools throughout the nation um, who wanted to use our video because there's only a few videos that really focus on K-12 education in regards to how do you handle a violent intruder situation? When we were kids, um, speak for me, not you. When we were kids, we were pretty concerned about the fact that uh, one day in October, we were riding the bus to school and we thought we might not make it home that night because of a nuclear war. Mm-hmm. But uh, this thing we've got today, the kids, they have to, they have to be cognizant of all their surroundings all the time. It's, it's closer and more personal, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. And I talk to parents a lot, and I tell parents if you've got a student that's going off to college, watch the video with them. Watch a video with them about safety because you're thinking about so many other things, but that's something everybody needs to know. What do you have? It, it, it happens in grocery stores. It happens in malls. It happens in movie theaters. And everybody needs to know what are their options should, be they, should they find themselves in a vider, violent intruder situation. Talk about school security in the event of a natural disaster during school hours. I'm thinking about the fact that we... We now have safe rooms in, 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 in the event of a tornado or something. Mm-hmm. Just a few years ago, I don't think we had safe rooms when a tornado came pretty much over the top of Jefferson grade school, did it not? Uh, we did not at every building. And just last year, uh, Robinson Middle School celebrated uh, their bond issue completion. And with that completion, now every attendance center building in USD 259 has a safe room. And we don't know, but we believe that we're one of the few large school districts and maybe the only large school district in the entire United States that can say that. I think we were, we were making that claim. I've heard it before anyway. Yeah. We know that some smaller districts, of course, if you have one or two buildings, you yeah. may have it. But in a uh, uh, district our size with 96 buildings, um, to say that we all have them all. And again, that's thank you to our citizens when they passed the bond issue. Uh, in the 2000s that allowed us to do that and allowed us to keep all of our students and staff safe. Let's talk about threats. How do you handle threats? How do we handle threats? Um, we asked every threat be taken seriously. That was my next question. Yes. Every, <laughs> let me read it. Is every possible threat taken seriously? Yes. Terry, every, you're not reading my notes. I am you? not reading your okay, notes. <laughs> go, go ahead. Every Anyhow. threat is taken seriously, yeah. but we look at it and we say, okay, what is the context? What is the content? Um, examples I give when we train people is you've got a kid on the um, soccer field and somebody beats him and scores a goal and he comes back and he says, I'm going to get you for that. And then after the game, he walks across the field and he shakes the other guy's hand and he said, hey, I'm sorry, I was just upset. 
we still look at that and we still talk to him and we say, hey, that wasn't appropriate behavior. How could you have diffused that situation? What could you have done? We talk to kids about things like count to 10 before you say anything. We talk to our coaches about being good role models and working with them through those situations. And in that case, we would pretty much handle it as just a counseling and and move on down the road. And then we have other situations where maybe somebody has seen on Facebook that a kid is threatened to bring bring a gun to school. We're going to call out the troops. Mm. We're going to involve our law enforcement partners. Uh, We're going to get a hold of the parents. We're going to make sure that we do everything that we can uh, to make sure that both the other students and then that student who made that threat is safe. Uh, because we cannot just take care of one if we don't take care of the other. We have to take care of both. You know, and every time one of these things comes up, oh, that dumb kid, I, you know, but it's hard for us as adults to think back and remember yes. just how goofy we were when we Excellent. were kids. And we know from adolescent brain development that their impulse control is less. Uh, it's kind of like adults when they go out and drink too much, they lose in- impulse control. And so what we do is try to talk to kids about what are your options. One of the best things that all adults can do is be good role models. If they find themselves angry at a clerk, not yelling at that clerk, not threatening that clerk, but being a good role model for their student and everybody else that's in the neighborhood uh, so that our students see how adults appropriately handle disappointments, being upset, and being angry. How do you monitor cyber threats? Uh, something on Facebook, for instance, do you have a system or do you just have to take it as they come? Basically take it as they come. Yeah. Again, we work you with our... You can't monitor everybody. You can't monitor everybody. Yeah. Uh, we work with our law enforcement po- partners who do have the ability to do a lot more monitoring than we do, but we certainly emphasize to all of our parents and kids, we have a motto, see something, say something. If you see something on Facebook, um, whether it's a suicidal threat, I'm going to shoot up the school tomorrow, or something um, uh, anywhere in between those two, um, report it. Let us know. We want to get help to those people who need help. And if everybody reports that what they see through see something, say something, uh, will be a lot safer school. Um, So we use that motto. Let's talk a little bit about bullying. Um, uh, what's going on in that area now? I mean, it got kind of like it was almost out of hand for a while there. But uh, Bullying has been around uh, since you and ours times in school. Right, right. Um, it exists. We know it, but we have to deal with it. It's basically an intentional act that um, is persistent, it's pervasive, and it's intimidating or it causes it's some kind of abusive environment. Again, we go back to kids and we talk to kids about good decision-making. How do you handle your anger or your upset? Uh, how do you choose the, pil- the um, pupils or the friends that you um, are peers with? And again, we talk to parents about good role modeling. Uh, we talk to parents about cyberbullying as much as we can. Uh, one of the things that parents can do certainly is they buy the phone. We know that parents buy the phone. Then they should all have the passwords to the phone. They should know what apps are on their children's phone. They should talk to their children about what apps are appropriate, what apps are not. 
And the old uh, adage that, of course, you and I said, if you wouldn't say it in front of your grandmother, then don't say it. Well, if you wouldn't say it in front of your mom or your grandmother, then don't tweet it, don't text it, don't put it on an app. Does that apply to adults, too? It should. (laughs) It absolutely should. It should. Our world would be much better (laughs) if it did. You are correct. Absolutely. Such a diverse student population. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is probably one of the most diverse in the country. Are there special problems in dealing with these kids, such as language barriers? Absolutely. Uh, When we have newcomers, which are kids that come to us from different cultures, different backgrounds, uh, we have an entire group of educators that are trained in working with those students. They are placed in special schools that have newcomer classes that help them get through those barriers that are cultural, language-related. Um, last time I heard, we have over 100 languages that are a part of the Wichita School District. And um, almost as many countries that people come wow. from. Uh, that's what makes our community fantastic, is the diversity that we have in our community. But what's it also makes it very difficult to educate students. And so we have to really focus on helping them through those barriers that are created by language and culture. Terry, recently there was some publicity about uh, the behavior in classrooms, disrespectful and, and you know, and just not appropriate behavior from, mm-hmm. a, from apparently it's becoming quite a problem. At what point, though, do your people get involved in something like that? We, we actually get involved from the beginning to the end because we want to be good role models, uh, just like the SROs. That's a prime example. If you look at what the SROs are there for, we actually have a three-level approach. They're there for to be law enforcement. But they're also there to provide a law-related education and also to be role models. So our security officers, our SROs, they start at the very beginning, and that is those role models, meeting with people, talking to kids, learning their names, talking to them about how they can solve problems. If you see even a minor little discussion in the hallway, talking to students about how can we resolve these issues without getting them blown out of proportion. The school district also uses... Uh, a variety of approaches, a lot of fancy terms, but basically talking to kids about behavior. If you go visit one of our schools, you'll see in our elementary schools, kids walking down the hallways, one side for going this way, one side going that way. Very um, structured environment because we know that children learn better in structured environments. Uh, At the same time, when you're in the classroom, it can be sometimes loud because we want that rigor. We want kids to be involved in the educational process, not just a sit and get. Uh, we want them to be answering questions, asking questions, uh, you know, really challenged by the educational process. So it's a, it's a long-term process for our people. It's from the beginning to the end. And, of course, our officers get involved when it does get extreme, when we, get, we have kids that, you know, it could be something happened at home. It can be a medical issue. Uh, it can be a variety of things when and kids get out of control. Do you uh, feel you're getting the support you need from the school board and, and the state? Uh, from the school board, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, think st- I think we're still working on the state level. I, I think that just like I talked about law enforcement being a difficult career right now, I think the numbers will show you that we have less and less people is interested in education. And I think that's sad uh, because what better way to influence your community or your future than to educate your future? Your, um, so I would love to see a lot more kids, young people, looking at education as their career field. 
And I think that means that we, from the state level as well as the national, national level, we really have to emphasize the value and need we have for good educators. What, is, uh, what do you like best about your job, Jerry? People. Uh, I get to interact with kids as young as three years old in our pre-K, um, all the way to teachers that have been here for almost 50 years. Uh, and the diversity that we have in our district, I get to go all over this city and it's just a people job, and that's what I enjoy doing is working with people. All right. Well, listen, thanks for spending some time with us. I'll probably have you back here in a while to talk this all over again. Make sure I appreciate the time, and, and I appreciate the fact that you are interested in education and the value of education. Our guest is Terry Moses, Executive Director of Safety and Security, Wichita Public Schools. Again, thanks for being with us, Terry, as always. And thank you. Uh, that's all for this edition of Issues 2017. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.